on that and give our background. It's like more than you would ever want on a resume kind of thing. And as well as connections in the church world and references and all kinds of stuff. Likewise, churches have a community portfolio. And then the community portfolio, it has your church information, what the pay will be for the new clergy person that you're calling. It will have contacts for the vestry. It will have the history of your um, clergy persons. But it will also have 12 different questions that are the same ones that we clergy answer. So it gives an opportunity for the search committee to compare apples to apples. And in that, those questions, they ask things like, what is your style of worship? How are you preparing for the church of the future? What is something that you're particularly proud of? How do you deal with conflict? Those are some of the questions that are answered in the community portfolio. And guess who gets to populate those answers? You all do. That's, that will be the purpose of these potluck dinners where we're having the conversation. So you have a chance to give input. And as a part of that, you also will talk about what you really want, what you really hope for in your next rector. So that's the opportunity for you to have hands-on input with the search committee for what you would like to see in your next rector. All right. Now, one of the roles, we used to have this thing called a profile. I met someone earlier today who had been on the old search committee. Anybody else present who was on? You all did a profile, right? A church profile. How long did it take you to work on it? Forever, Forever right? So we got rid of it. <laughs> because, honestly, you spent a whole lot of time on this thing that we preset. okay, but what are they really like? And so we said, you know what, we're going to stop these profiles, and a lot of dioceses have done it. And so what is more important now, we have found, is that your website tells your story and shows who you are, what, you are, what is important to you, how you function. We also ask that you set aside a, a space on your website for the search. So whoever's called to be on the search committee, the search chair, and all the search members will be on there. You'll have your information, your link to the OTM portfolio, community portfolio, and all that information. And better yet, on that section of your website, you'll be updating the parish on where you are in the search process. So you can look and say, okay, so they've already interviewed. Because guess what, folks? You're not going to see any of the people they're talking to. No, not even the vestry will see who it is. It's an absolutely confidential process because people are really vulnerable during this time. And so suppose 10 years ago, you found out that Lu Luis was looking for other at other churches. You wouldn't like that that, that much. And so the, it, the confidentiality is really important. And I'm in the background recruiting people who are really, really happy at their parishes, right? Who are doing a bang-up job. Because you don't want someone desperate to get here and doesn't have another job, right? You want someone who's accomplished and, and has done well in their own parish and, pro and might not even be looking for a change. My job is to twist their arm and tell them how wonderful you are and that they really want to come here. So it, it's a time of great vulnerability for priests. So it's an absolutely confidential 
process, okay? All right, so let's move along, because I want to give you plenty of time to ask questions. All right, so the vestry provides um, the financial information for the community portfolio. I'm in self-assessment right now, and you all are having your parish-wide information, and there'll also be um, the search committee will be gathering and reviewing information so we can populate that OTM. And then um, the search committee will be, yes, feel free. OTM standard. Office of Transition Ministries. Mm -hmm. Office of Transition Ministries, yeah. And TMN actually is a different thing. So Transition Ministry Network is what that TMN is. And that's a group of 40 different dioceses within the Episcopal Church transition ministers who gather twice a year in March and in September to um, present parishes that are in transition to one another as well as to present priests who are interested in looking for new calls. So it's a swap meet. <laughs> that's really what it is. And so we're comparing people and saying, gosh, that's, that person would sound great for St. John's. Or when I present St. John's, other transition ministers in other dioceses are going to be saying, oh man, that sounds really great. And the transition ministry network actually is all the transition ministers in the Episcopal Church. And we have a listserv where we share positions, uh, not so much people, but positions throughout the church. So I will be listing your parish as a part of that. That's what the TMN is. Okay? All right. The search committee will be submitting to the vestry suggestions, they'll be preparing the OTM portfolio, and they send the questions, the answers to the questions, and all of the information for that OTM to me at Church House. And actually, Bishop Marianne looks at it as well, and we might ask for a few modifications or not, and then we approve it, and. Um, and it can go up on the Office of Transition Ministry Network. So that means that priests from across the church, from across the church, will know that you're looking for a new rector. And that's a marketing tool that can be employed for, for you so people can find out a lot about you, which also makes the, the old profiles unnecessary because it's a lot of information that's included there, okay? And then we're going um, into uh, the search committee really rolling up its sleeves, and they start to go through the applications once it's gone live. And when we um, have the applications go live, priests send their information directly to the search committee, and they start looking at candidates. Now, several years ago, and probably when you um, were calling Luis, they, there were a whole bunch of priests, and so the search committee would have a hundred applicants or something. Those days are gone. You will have a lot of applicants because you are who you are, but you won't have a hundred, I don't think. Nor do you want a hundred, really. That's a lot to go through. But the climate of clergy transition has slowed down somewhat. People, once they're in their calls and they're happy, they stay 20 years, like your rector. Um, and 
just when I became a priest, I celebrate my 14th anniversary as a priest tomorrow. When I started, it, the rule of thumb was seven years and you'd be transitioning. That's not the case any longer. People are staying much longer. So there are less people in the pool, but there will be some good people in the pool. So no worries. So um, once they start doing that, I have on here discern phone interview list. You see under the discern side, the first column under discern. Usually, um, rather than doing phone interviews, most search committees do uh, Skype or Zoom interviews because that way you get to see the person, you get to talk to and see if they, you know, how they do under pressure because we priests have to stand before people all the time and, and be able to, to function well. And so having that element of seeing the person has helped a lot. And so um, while it can be telephone interviews, um, oftentimes now it's Zoom interviews. And then the search committee will visit um, people once they've called down the list of candidates. And also what they do at that point is let me know who are the people who you would like to go out and visit in their, own, in their parishes. And I do what is called a red flag check at that juncture. Once I get the list from the search committee of who the search committee would like to interview, before they go out to visit them, I do a red flag check. And because I'm part of that network and I know many of these people across the transition ministers across the church, I call them and ask them about your candidates. And I say that, let me do that for you before you spend any money. Because sometimes, as I said before, you don't always want the person who's waving trying to get a job. You, want, you might want that person who's never thought about it before. And so it's important that you give me an opportunity to go through and check on these people. And we have a covenant among transition ministers across the church that we will not send to another diocese priests who have difficulties. We don't do it. That's our covenant. We've covenanted that we will work with that priest who is having difficulty before we send him to you. And that's so important. And so we, we, we're very honest, quite frankly. So um, I give feedback to the search committee. There are some times when um, the, the transition minister that I talk to says, you need to have a bishop to bishop. Now, there's always a bishop to bishop, but it's usually later in the process. But sometimes things are going on with that priest that is not known necessarily to their transition minister, but there's something. And so Bishop Marianne will call the bishop in whatever diocese that is and find out what's going on. So sometimes we've had to stop a process there. And I've ha I once had a parish that said, well, we liked them anyway, we want them. I was like, no, you don't. <laughs> if there's something going on with that priest and their bishop said no to our bishop, you, I don't care how wonderful they interviewed, you don't want them. So that's... That's the kind of thing we try to ensure that before you go out and have your heart set on this person that we have had a chance to check them out. All right, and so then you go forward in the discernment process. Oh, we also, I forgot to say, we also do um, background checks at that same time. So people can be weeded out at that point for, based on things that can come in on a background, a formal background check. Then the search committee visits the candidates and, um, in their own parishes. We, and the search committee checks 
the references that they have, and then they determine who they want to invite here to St. John's for in-person visits here. So they call the list down further and bring them here. And then again, you don't know that they're here visiting. So it's difficult even for the vestry, but we have to give the people an opportunity to check you out because it's a mutual discernment process. Priests are praying about you and whether or not it's worth it for them to leave their wonderful parish where they've been doing such a good job to come to you or not. And so it's a mutual discernment that's going on. And at that time, we also um, schedule interviews with Bishop Marianne. So Bishop Marianne has an opportunity to talk to all of the semi-finalists, I guess we should say, um, who are candidates for the position. And she fills them out. She hardly ever says no after talking to someone. She usually likes the whole lot of people because you've already interviewed them. I mean, the search committee has already interviewed them. You've already checked them out. I've done a red flag check. It's very rare that it gets to that point and Marianne says no. It could happen, but it's really rare. And so she says, yay, yay, go forward. And the search committee and its wisdom, having had one-on-one -on -one com conversations with the person and everything, determines a final list of candidates. Now the vestry at the very beginning of the process, and perhaps in the context of a church service, has already given a charge to the um, search committee. So they can say, we want three candidates. Or they can say, one candidate. That's something that the vestry will have to determine. How many finalists they want to interview. And then, once that is done, the search committee briefs the vestry on the final list, how many ever the vestry had asked for. And now they actually are, are able to rank order the persons, if it's more than one, and say, you know, this person was really great, because they have all the information on the people. And then the search committee is done and they turn the process over to the vestry, which is really hard for the search committee because they've spent all that time with these people and they love them and now they don't have any say because the vestry makes the decision. And so uh, at that juncture, the vestry goes in discernment. They usually invite the finalists back to the church, spend time with them, and then go into prayerful discernment about who they are to call as the next rector of the parish. And after the, the very prayerful discernment, they give the, and they decide on the finalist, the final person. Then Richard, who will be senior warden then, is going to call Bishop Marianne and say, Bishop, I want your approval on so-and-so, who she will approve because you've gotten that far. And she gets to rejoice with the senior warden and the vestry members on the choice except the, the, the parish still doesn't know who it is. Why? Because you got to negotiate the contract. And so there's a little bit of negotiations going on. Hopefully the search committee has done a good job of talking through things and finances and packages and all that kind of stuff. You have to negotiate start date, because remember you might be calling somebody who is doing a bang-up job at their parish, so they got to figure out when they're going to tell their people. And so those negotiations begin. And what we do is a coordinated announcement. So usually on the same Sunday, usually, where the person um, is going to tell his or her congregation that they are leaving, St. John's is, is 
your congregation learns the same day. It's a coordinated announcement. And then great celebration begins. And the transition committee can fall into line and help them and in terms of uh, if, if the person is a family person trying to find you know, a place to live and that sort of thing for the rector. And, and then the great celebrations begin. So that is the process in a nutshell. And I'm sure you've got lots of questions. And we have a good deal of time for them. Yes. Could you please speak to the congregation regarding the difficult time between rectors? Yes. I think it's terribly important. Okay. We're vulnerable then. You're absolutely vulnerable. But as I said earlier, it's a God process. And so we expect that you're going to be anxious. But there is a reason why 366 times in the Bible, do not fear is said. For every day of the year and leap year, <laughs> God is admonishing us to not fear. It is natural to be anxious. It absolutely is because you don't know what it is. But the way this process goes, God is in the center of it. I've been doing this for four and a half years. This will be my fifth year coming up. And it is surprising how well congregations do in calling the next person. So like I have the benefit when I do those red flag checks of finding out all kinds of things about the people. So you know I'm rooting for somebody usually, right? I cannot tell you how often the person that I'm rooting for because I found out about everybody you have on your slate is the one that the parish chooses. But we have an interim rector. Yes, okay. Oh, you want the interim rector. Yes, okay. Sure. Okay, so during your time of transition, the vestry, the vestry will call an interim rector. And during the, uh, your time of search, um, the interim rector leads the parish with all the rights and responsibilities of the rector except tenure. We know that at the end of the search, an interim leaves. Now, I have said that we do not invest a whole lot of energy in calling an interim. And so I'll be meeting with um, your soon-to-be senior warden and your junior warden, um, and I already have some candidates, quite frankly, capable, wonderful, great candidates um, for your interim. But the vestry will choose who that interim rector will be, and they're not going to spend all that time that we do in the search for them because that's your person for just this time. And to give you, to be more specific, we don't anticipate under this new process without a profile that your time of search will last more than a year. It really shouldn't. It really shouldn't. And so therefore, this person is just there for that short period of time where you are in search for a rector, but every um, aspect of the rector's responsibilities, this person will have um, um, the ability to do. And the vestry has asked that we look at what we would call professional interims or persons who have done interims before. So these are going to be experienced people who have done this before, and they will help you through this process. So do not fear. Yes. Just to follow up on that. Sure. And sort of pull two things together. Mm -hmm. One is that when you look at your chart, mm -hmm. if our, our transition is not going to be like this chart. Mm -hmm. Not going to be a find a person, have a transition, mm -hmm. and that's it. Mm -hmm. Like maybe a maybe a seven month transition. So this isn't a short 
one. So I'm wondering mm -hmm. what other parishes have done specifically, not just currently, mm -hmm. to get through a longer transition period. To get through a longer transition period? So the way you make the best of this transition is to stay connected with the parish. And I, I, can't, I can't answer that more straightforwardly, quite frankly. To participate in those potlucks, that's really important. But to keep the business, the ministries, the life of the church going. I mean, that's so very important during this process. And I, okay, so I, I am the priest, but I have to say, keep your pledges up. I'm sorry, but you got to keep your pledges up because people want to know that you're financially stable when they're coming into the church because that's one of the biggest fears that priests have. They want to know that they are, they're not going to move across country and there's going to be a difficult, difficulty when they get in. So keep attending. Keep your ministries going. Attend those potlucks. Pray. Can't, I can't underestimate the importance of the prayer, especially for your leadership, your lay leadership. It's a hard time. Pray for Richard. Pray for Paul. <laughs> it's a hard time. But keeping those ministries, because check, guess what, folks? The priests who are in this process are checking you out. And how a parish does during transition tells a lot about the health of the parish. And so if they're finding out stuff funny is going on, they might be like, no, that's all right, Canon Clark. I, I think I'll pull my name from the process. So the healthier, the more vibrant, the more, the more you do the work you've always been doing and the ministries are all, the better the process. Okay, so we have a question here and we have a question there. They're in that order. So well, let's see, let's do the you, okay? Yes. How casting crowns are these 12 months? Where mm -hmm. may there be some... Uh, need for extended time, self-assessment, discern, call, where do you find that there might be uh, like a, a burp and you need more time? Mm-hmm. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, okay. Summer tends to be slower. It's hard to track down people in the summer. They might be on vacation while you're trying to schedule interviews. Christmas is a hiccup <laughs> because you're doing the work of the church during that time. Um, other than that, if the search committee is doing the work that the search committee does, that's one thing, folks. Search committee time takes a whole lot of time. So you're meeting once a week on a regular basis, sometimes two hours or, or whatever to weed through things. But given those kinds of of unforeseen, if there are unforeseen issues, I can't speak to those, but the, the, the normal hiccup is the church year that has its slow periods. That's usually, but for the most part, you can get this done pretty fast. St. David's, gosh, did you see how fast they did theirs? They were in under a year, well under a year. My former parish did it in eight months, so it can be done. Yes. Professional interims, Okay, there, there are several types of professional interims, but there is training for interim ministry through different vehicles. There's the interim ministry network, there's um, the appreciative uh, program that, that is like, a, it's not only Episcopal, but it's also um, other 
uh, denominations training for interim ministry. Um, but when I use the term professional interim, I, did, I wasn't just talking about people who have had interim ministry training. I'm talking about people who have done interim ministry. Some who have already had wonderful parish life and are now retired and now have taken on the role of doing interim ministry who have, have done it before and who have shown that they are good. I mean, there are, there are decent interims and there are good ones. <laughs> and I hope that you all would get a good one or choose a good one. But I'm saying someone who has had experience doing interim ministry and um, perhaps also has had experience in leading a larger parish through uh, a transition, because the dynamics are different. Yes, to follow up? As I said, so, some of the interims who are out there have led parishes, have successfully led parishes, even through capital campaigns. And so that's something that the vestry talked about when we met in November. And so in looking at persons, we want, we want to think about interims who have had a wide berth of experience. But quite frankly, the vestry, when I spoke with them, besides professional experience, their main um, request of me is that the person was flexible. <laughs> because you all ha have some logistical things that are going on, so the person has to be experienced and able to lead you through this, but also flexible enough to be adaptive to the different things that are going on here. So that, I'm very sensitive to that as well. Here, he is here serving as your assistant, and he gives you the continuity that is enviable, quite frankly. So he'll be here, um, I'm looking at time, um, he'll be here serving as assistant during this time and working with the interim. I can't speak to that, that would be an Andy question. <laughs> but I think that he's made a commitment to be with you during this time of transition. Yes, uh -huh. yeah, yes, okay, uh-huh. Sure. Mm -hmm. Is that a time we should expect existing records to also change? Or Not necessarily, no. Um, and that's something that the search committee can talk with the candidates about. And that's an, a negotiation kind of thing to go through. Uh, but it can, those are things that can be worked out during this process. How does the search committee get names of people who may not uh, be thinking that it's time for them to move on, but they would be excellent candidates. Do you or the bishop's office recommend some great people? Yeah. Or, uh, can the search committee go out and uh, you know try and get recommendations from people who have lived in other places? Yes and yes. yes, and yes. We're very flexible. So I will be twisting arms. I do that. Okay. I'll be looking in the OTM, the thing, the thing that I say, and looking for some of the, the characteristics that you all are looking for and, and searching for people and sending them your way. When I'm at the Transition Ministry Network meeting um, in March, I'll, some of those people who are presented I'll also um, uh, recommend to you and I'll be in touch with them and talk to them personally. So it's a recruiting process. And then if the search committee or other parishioners um, have people that they know of who have done really well, um, they can recommend those people to the search committee for them to apply with a caveat. And I have to say this, and other parishes have done that. Sometimes the, the parish priest 
who seems to be doing an excellent job might be having issues that you don't know about. And that makes it kind of awkward after you've recommended someone and then, um, and so if that person doesn't get through, there might be some things. I mean, that was one of my heartaches, actually taking this position, because people who I was in seminary with, people who I was fond of, you find out things about people as you do background, in-depth background checks that tell, tell you things that you wouldn't know otherwise. And so that's the caveat. Don't get your feelings hurt if that wonderful person who you saw when you were on vacation at Hilton Head who did like a bang-up job and was a brilliant pre preacher, doesn't make it through. Because sometimes all things are not obvious. Okay, so we were back on this side, here and here. Uh -huh. I think you were first. Uh -huh. Okay, so again, it depends on the time of year. If it's near Easter, you're not going to get them for a while. Just like Luis will be here for your Easter services, or Christmas, or that sort of thing. So it depends. Is the person single and just looking for a place for themselves? Or are they a family person? It might take a couple months so they can get relocated, get the family, the children in school, and that kind of thing. So it depends on the circumstance of the person. Usually priests give at least a month's notice to their parish, at least a month. Um, it's not a two-week notice kind of thing. And you don't want the person who's going to give a two-week notice. Because it's, you know, we as priests um, have a unique relationship with our parish. It breaks your heart, I don't care where you're going, to leave your beloved parish. But you want that person who had a beloved parish relationship. So it's usually at least a month. The, we're, we're shooting to have the interim minister begin right after um, Luis is no longer technically your rector. So I think we were shooting for July 1st. So red flags are they don't get along with their staff. <laughs> they might be a brilliant preacher, but they don't get along with their staff. So that goes back to the Andy question. We don't want them if they're not good managers. Um, we don't want folks who have seen a decline in their congregational size as opposed to an increase during the time that they've been there. Um, we, to, and this is terrible, but if a person is going through marital difficulties and they're in the midst of a divorce or something, we usually say they would be fabulous later, but not now. Someone who's going through um, addictions treatment that is recent, not someone who has gone through recovery and have, and have been clean for a long time, but people who have uh, issues that are present at that time, we say no. Um, those are some of the things. From the background check, people who have serious financial concerns, issues, I mean, we've, we've hired folks who have had issues that they've dealt with, and honestly, they call me and say, Paula, I know this came up on my background check, but this is what's going on, and this is how we're dealing with it. We would say, well, Bishop Mary Ann would say, okay. But a s serious financial issues would be a red flag. Those are some of the things that we consider as red flags. But poor management, quite frankly, is one of the biggest and most common ones someone who is not a good leader.
and manager. And for a parish your size, whether or not they get along with their staff, we care about a lot. Um, I don't have that exact statistic. Okay, so the question was, is there a statistical decline in, um, in I'm going to use the term average Sunday attendance, I think that's where you were going, um, during the time of transition? And the answer is often there is a decline. It need not be very high. It quite frankly depends on the quality of the interim you get. So thank you for making me talk about the interim. Um, if if the interim is good, if the parish is healthy, and I dare say that Luis has done a really good job in preparing you for this. He really has. And so I would not expect that you would see a large decline. In those parishes where there was, the parish was unhealthy before the, the rector left, and there was some schism, so there were people who loved the rector, and the rector left under some cloud, uh, there's a decline, and sometimes a fraction in the congregation. You're not going to have that. Um, sometimes people who just adore Luis are sad that he's not going to be there, but they get over it and come back because they miss all of you. And so they come back. But usually under parish circumstances where there is, is conflict or some schism going on, you see the greatest decline during transition. Is that my last question? It, it, okay.